Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a 2022 edition of the Woke Bros. Of course, I'm Big Waz, aka Wazzy Lambre, joined as always by my brother on the west side of Los Angeles, Nando Vila. Happy New Year to you and to all. It's a pleasure to be here. It's been a while. I missed you. Um, we It's been a few weeks since we've done a show, uh, but uh, happy to be back in the chair um and excited for 2022 yeah the holidays are over we're done with the glazed hams and you know the mac and cheese and and the the carb loading we're, we're done with that it's now back to business best back to basics on today's show elizabeth holmes of theranos infamy i think she's about to go to the pokey uh, she's been convicted on four out of 11 counts of fraud for defrauding investors. Me and Nando are going to sort of give you a rundown about the ridiculousness of that and what it says about Silicon Valley and just the state of our culture in general. Uh, but first, man, you know, it's January 5th. We're on the eve of <laughs> the one year anniversary of the craziest most insanest thing that's ever happened in American politics, Nando. Um, a bunch of kooks broke into the Capitol to take selfies with Confederate flags. Um, a couple cops got killed, or one cop, a few protesters got killed. Uh, it was a fucked up day, but you know, the way the, the mainstream media is covering it, you would think this was the day that you know <laughs> rock and roll died or something. Uh, it's kind of crazy. Uh, Nando, I, you know, look, usually on this show, I check the posts, I check the times, I'll check some of my favorite bloggers and substackers to see sort of pertinent things that we want to talk about. But in the mainstream elite political media, this is all they care about, period. Um, which I think is just kind of it's kind of strange because I think at the time, Nando, I don't want to say we were dismissive, but we were kind of just like. We were dismissive. <laughs> okay, we were dismissive. They kept calling it an insurrection and democracy is on the brink. And I was just kind of like, I don't know. It feels like you need the military on your side to actually execute a coup. Like the military, the police apparatus, like actually has to be on your side in order to defend your, you know, seizing of power. And they had none of that. They didn't even have Mitch McConnell's support, much less the generals and like the people who were in charge of the weaponry that would go into suppressing, you know, 
any actual insurrection. So like I, I'd never understood the the big panic about it. Obviously, it was ugly and it was disgusting, and the people that participated in it should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. But this as an existential Christ to American democracy felt kind of cheap and forced. Um, what say you, Nando, one year later? Yeah, I mean, there was a um a, a big debate around it at the time and even in the run-up to it as to whether America was on the brink of fascism, you know, uh, at least is how we understand that term uh, traditionally, meaning like, you know, basically a, sor a sort of authoritarian uh, dictatorship with a totalitarian state that kind of seeks to um, dominate every aspect of, of life uh, and quash out democracy and, you know, express violence towards, um, you know, minorities and things like that. And, you know, there's a question as to whether America already is just kind of like a, you know, sort of soft fascist state with, um, you know, the, the, um, you know, the cops that we have in like our empire abroad and things like that. But um, the, to call that event a uh, meaningful threat to American democracy is just insane to me because it was really just kind of a group of a, a few hundred weirdos who, um, you know, just kind of got in uh, incredibly predictable and uh, avoidable. Like they they knew about this ahead of time. There was, uh, you know, it was like all organized on Facebook out in the open. Um, and they were more or less kind of allowed to to go in there where the yeah, like you said, they took a few selfies uh, and like took a dump on Nancy Pelosi's chair. And like, yeah, that's I mean, it's ugly and it's not a great look for America. But to say that that event in and of itself is some sort of threat to American democracy is crazy. And the real kind of effect of it has been a to just basically expand, you know, police power in DC, <laughs> predictably, but also um, it's been the perfect thing for Democrats to kind of use. I mean, all year I've been kind of tuning it out, but you just see headlines all the time of like, new panel to, you know, uh, investigate what the hell happened and to hold people accountable. And of course, like, you know, that no one actually is going to held accountable, that a few of those people are going to go to jail and whatever, that's fine. But um, the people like kind of quote unquote, actually responsible for it, uh, i.e. Trump himself, right? Like if there was an, any meaningful accountability, um, the person who is at the top should be the person held accountable. Like these yahoos who who did this, like are completely irrelevant and easy to throw, uh, throw to the wolves. Um, there is going to be no accountability for any politician or um, any lead, actual leader with actual power who participated in, in it. So therefore, it's not interesting or important or even like worth paying attention to at all. Yeah, and I mentioned it last night on my Twitch stream with with uh, TYT. Shouts to TYT Twitch Network. Uh, check out Wozniak every Tuesday. Um, here's the thing, too. When we talk about democracy dying and being dead, um, I just watched Build Back Better get smashed with a 70% voter approval rating yeah. at the behest of the corporate interests. If that's not anti-democratic, if that's not the death of democracy, I don't know what is. The will of the people has not been exercised in our government because it ran up against the will of the corporate interests and corporate power who have wholly captured 
our political class. That's it's just obvious, right? And you know, the idea that you could talk about the death of democracy without talking about how undemocratic our political system already is and the needs that our systems already serve, meaning the needs of the corporate class. And again, you know, <laughs> Joe Biden asked for this exorbitant military budget. Congress comes back with 25 billion extra. Okay, there's no six months of debate and hand wringing and hankering and oh, is you know, is is Halliburton are there books in order? Do we need to audit them to make sure there's not a bunch of waste and we're not putting the taxpayers' dollars and there's none of it. Raytheon, none of it. We we don't even question the blank checks we write to these fully kids. bipartisan. And, and it's fully bipartisan again. Um, so the idea that democracy is dead, hell yeah, it's dead. Of course it's dead, but it has nothing to do with January 6th. It's the way our government functions. We're like, it's public information that Joe Manchin is fucking getting, you know, he's getting donations from, it was, I think it was like something like 17 different corporations in the weeks leading up to and after. Uh, he basically came out and said, I'm going to vote against Bill Back. Like, this is public info. Like, this is just straight up quid pro quo, like straight up and down. Um, and this is public info. This is public legalized corruption. And then, you know, the idea that the media spends their whole day complaining about January 6th is, is it's amazing. Like, if you want to see anti-democracy, it's right. It, it's unfolding. It unfolded for you perfectly with Build Back Better, which, again, when they like we do so much dick sucking about bipartisanship within the mainstream media, right? Whether it be cable news or the Times, the Post, Politico, you name it, all of those outlets, Wall Street Journal, you name it. Um, we do so much like praising of bipartisanship, but a bill that has 70% approval rating amongst, amongst the American people, which we can't get 70% of people to agree on anything, yeah. nothing in this country. So the idea that that's not seen as something bipartisan and therefore great. And that, you know, all the hand wringing about anti-democracy is about, you know, these fucking yokels storming the building and stealing the laptop. It's all you need to know about these cats. Yeah, I mean, you're right. If, if you understand democracy as broadly speaking, uh, the will of the people uh, being served uh, yeah. or, you know, the, you know, the, pop, the public at large being able to uh, have some meaningful control over their lives, then America is one of the least democratic countries, yeah. certainly in the developed in the developed world. Um, you know, that that it's just it, we, we have no uh, actual labor power. Um, it's almost impossible to imagine democracy without um, actual labor power, without organized unions, which allow people to um, fight back and win concessions in the private uh sphere meaning like uh you know private corporations mm -hmm. which you know control your life cre increasingly more and more because it's not even when you're on the job anymore now you're off the job but you have your phone and they could still email you and bother you and you're expected to uh respond um you know back in the day you left the office and like how how are they gonna find you you know they're gonna call you at home um and so yeah i mean you you hit it on the head with the with build back better that like you know, we could win, we can elect uh, a Democratic president. We have an, a Democratic Congress and we have a Democratic Senate and we can't even get four weeks paid leave uh, for women who have babies. You know, right. The, and, the, and the again, bare minimum, the bare minimum you could ever 
want. If anyone around you, like if anyone listening to has had kids um, recently or, or people around you have four had kids, weeks. like, I don't know how the, I, we don't even have that. We don't have four weeks. <laughs> Again, this is, this is the richest, most pos- pr- prosperous nation in the history of the world. And, you know, just because this, this, this podcast is dedicated to pot shots at sleepy Joe Biden, uh, I just remember him campaigning on his idea to unite the country, unite the Congress. I'm going to get Republicans to vote with me, which we knew was cap. It was ridiculous at, on his face at the time. This motherfucker can't get Democrats to vote with him, right? The likes of Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema are telling him to go fuck himself. So that's all you need to know about Joe, Uncle Sleepy Joe and his empty promises. And what you said about, you know, labor power uh, is important. Um, we're talking about <laughs> the, the way that our politics work is anti-democratic. Of course, the way that most of our work lives work is anti-democratic. You don't get any votes. Like the employees no. don't get any votes on the board. Don't get any say in how, how their jobs and, and how their lives are operated. Like they're just expected to go out there and be exploited. Right. And so it's anti-democratic all across the board. And, you know, I feel like a lot of people, um, especially sort of self-righteous fucking lefties, will be like, oh, these fucking hayseeds in the middle of the country and, you know, they're voting against their own self-interest. And it's like, are they, bro? Maybe yeah. they're a lot smarter than you are in recognizing that this shit is a waste of everybody's time. If it doesn't yeah. make a difference who's up there, that the corporations have everybody bought and paid for, and no little guy will ever get any recompense for, you know, his blood, sweat, and tears in making this fucking country run, um, maybe the one they're the ones that actually get it. And their apathy and their willingness to not participate in the farce that we call our political system is actually the right way to go. Um, I d- not to say that I agree with that argument, but I think the argument can easily be made. Okay, yeah. uh, this idea- at least at least those people are making the people you hate mad, you know, and like that's the pleasure <laughs> they get out of it, you know. Like, I mean, that was a huge part of Trump's appeal. I mean, that's what I I would always tell people is like the only way, like, if you're anti-Trump, right? Which I was anti-Trump, right? You know, and still am, and still right? am. whatever. <laughs> yeah, of course, you know. But like, if you're anti-Trump, you can't get mad. You don't get mad about it, you know. Like, if you get mad about it, you're just feeding his power right. because the he, you know most people understand he's not going to like deliver anything um i think most people have realized that politics doesn't deliver anything what when's the last time politics has delivered anything you know um and what it is now is like it's a it's a contest over who gets more mad you know like when when joe biden is in power uh you're seeing like these like right wingers go apoplectic calling him a socialist and like they get mad at aoc they call her like a you know alexandria occasional cortex you know whatever um, and, and, you know like that's what politics is now it's like okay well it's kind of fun that your like enemies uh get so mad all the time and then when trump is in power the libs are the ones who get really mad all the time. And, you know, the people in the middle of the country hate like snooty libs. So it's fun for them to get for, uh, to see them get mad. Um, and that's all that politics is. So, like, if you are against any of these things, like the, the last thing you can do is get mad about it. All you got to do is either ignore about or ignore them or laugh about it, uh, which is what we do. We laugh about it. But, um, yeah, it's just that's that's essentially what politics has become. It's a game over uh, who's going to get more mad about what the fuck's going on. 
Yeah, and so, you know, again, look, if you're one of our listeners and you think January 6th is like this serious thing, like, I'm not going to ridicule you for being deeply troubled by January 6th. That's not what I'm saying. I just think it's the way the media frames it is this idea that it's an existential threat to uh, American democracy, which I, I think we can quibble over whether that's true or not. But again, if that's the case, if democracy is what we care about and the will of the people uh, being exercised, then, man, we got a lot of shit that we can make front page news every freaking day. You know, yeah. um, just the idea that these cats own, <laughs> they can own, they can personally own stock in corporations. I mean, like, yeah. how is that the will of the people being exercised there? It, this is, you can just go up and down the list of shit that actually matters. And, you know, a lot of times I feel like people will say to us like, oh, well, you're letting the, the Republicans off the hook because they're not doing for anybody either. And look, you know, um, Mitch McConnell, when he thought this thing was going to pass, started bragging about <laughs> he started bragging about what it would do for Kentuckians. Like this bill that he had no he, he wasn't going to vote for. And he had he was going to make sure that no Republicans voted for. He was bragging about it about what it would do for his constituents, these great things. Like, yeah, it's 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 absurd the way the Republican Party handles governing. Like, we know that. But, like, you know, the people who claim to be the ones who are going to walk the walk and talk the talk, and they're saving us from Republican rule and oblivion, um, for them to just sputter and look this utterly ridiculous, you know, is disheartening. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, again, it's 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 all kabuki theater. Um, the media and the political class loves a good anything that allows them to, um, yeah, do more kabuki to 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 pretend that something's happening when when really like nothing's happening or the thing the important things that happen just happen quietly be in the background. You know, whether it was Trump's impeachment or whether it's January sixth or whatever. You know, like think about like. Trump got impeached twice, you know, like, and and think about like how much coverage that got and the Russia gate and uh, whatever, you know, like there's always something that is meant to be, uh, you know, the most important political thing in the world when it has actually very little political import and the actual things that are important just happen quietly in the background and no one notices and no one cares. And um, yeah, that's the sad state of, of our, of our politics right now. Uh, and man, from, from stupid news to slightly more stupid, stupider, uh, but just overall, just ridiculous. Um, Elizabeth Holmes, if there knows, you guys have all seen the HBO doc. You've read countless profiles. You've read countless like accounts of the, the rise and fall of this fraudulent company. Of course, she claimed to invent a machine that, would just prick your finger and do 50 million blood tests at once, thereby, you know, basically streamlining American health as far as it, you know, your blood work is concerned. And it was supposed to be revolutionary. Of course, every single medical expert that ever looked anywhere near this thing was like, that's that's dumb. That's not really how blood tests work. Like uh, it was just a fraud from the start. But this woman was able to raise billions of bucks. Um, hundreds of millions of dollars um, in investment from Silicon Valley for a farce. Uh, she got a bunch of prominent people um, on her board. And like this shit was just all bullshit. And I think why me and Nando wanted to talk about this 
it's indicative of a couple of things. One, you know, obviously, I think by now we're past the point of thinking Silicon Valley culture is anything other than a fucking joke. Uh, <laughs> that these people are just complete dorks with their heads up their asses, um, lack any self-awareness or emotional intelligence. And, you know, they're all just shining their own, you know, asses or whatever. That's one. And two, just the amount of wealth that's concentrated in that area of the country and in that sector that these people can throw billions of just light billions of dollars on fire and it not matter to anyone. It's not yeah. like. You know, remember when the Doge, not the Dogecoin, when uh, the AMC and GameStop thing happened and, you know, all of these people conspire on Reddit to take down this hedge fund or whatever. And it's like, oh, shit, they made a terrible investment or they made something that they thought was a sound investment. Now it's tanking that company. They need to be rescued. It's like awful. Right. Um, And like this company almost died from it, from this horrible investment. Silicon Valley can just burn money on WeWork and burn money on Theranos. And it doesn't fucking matter at all. Like venture capitalists and these hedge funds, like they can burn as much money as they want on count. Like which, and again, like the Theranos thing is so instructive because this shit never made any sense. Nobody yeah. vetted it. And they were able to raise hundreds of millions of dollars behind a fraudulent idea and again the worst part is like nothing it's a drop in the bucket that's how wealthy these people are yeah no and i think like if you if we're trying to get like analytical about it, i mean it's super it's fun to watch you know this all happen it's completely alien to our lives you know like i mean like it's people only get a held accountable in america if they fuck over other rich people i mean that's why that's why martin shkreli uh was in prison uh that's why elizabeth holmes is going to prison uh it's like when the victims are poor people it, it doesn't matter if the victims quote unquote are are other rich people that it does matter like i think it's in instructive that elizabeth holmes uh was found guilty of defrauding investors but she was found innocent in defrauding patients um which is just a it just shows you how the justice system works okay. but i think what it tell with the broader thing with silicon valley that i that you can see in the last few years is that there are a handful of companies that are insanely powerful and wealthy uh, right. You know, like I think Apple just became this week the first three trillion dollar company in history of capitalism. <laughs> um, good for them. Congratulations, Apple. Um, and, you know, the, you're, but but, you know, Facebook and Google are not far behind. And, you know, that there's these kind of giant um, monsters at Silicon Valley. And a lot of people in Silicon Valley, as a result of all that, are very, very wealthy. The thing is, everyone's looking for the next one of those things, you know, like everyone's looking to get in on the next next unicorn, as they call it. Um, right. And there are no more. There are no more because essentially those small like th th that small number of companies have conquered the Internet. Everything. Yeah, they exactly. have. They own everything. Um, and there are no new productive outlets. Um, there are no there is nowhere for this money to go anymore. I mean, Apple famously has more cash on hand than like, you know, like it's insane how much cash on hand they had. It's because they have no productive investments to to put it in. Um, and so if Apple's making that decision, you can imagine what investors have to do. Um, they have to uh, try to figure out value where there is no new productive 
place to put it. Which is why you're seeing this whole fucking crypto nonsense. Um, <laughs> why you're seeing this whole NFT thing. You know, it's because they, they, they got to put it somewhere. They, they have, have to create something. To, to spend it on. Like, they literally have to find ways to waste their money. They're that obscenely rich. Which, you know, again, speaks to all of the themes that we talk about on this show all the time. Which is just like... I don't know how you justify the existence of these people's wealth, right? Like it's not doing anything to benefit anybody. And as a no. matter of fact, they're not even hoarding it. Like at least you could be like, all right, they're hoarding it and 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 saving it for future generations or whatever. Like, oh, my ancestors are gonna. It's just like, bro, I like. There's no way for me to hoard all of this. I have to unload some of it. Like it's so ridiculous. Like it just kind of speaks to the obscenity of some of the wealth in this country, right? And meanwhile, you know, our Congress can't pass a child tax credit um, because Joe Manchin thinks that crackheads are going to be using the money on crack. Right. 300 bucks a child per month on yeah. crack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's crazy. Like, just think about that for a second, right? Just think about that. Like, like, let's just say that's true. We don't even know. Like, let's just say um, 5% of the population of people that are going to be using it are, you know, crackheads who are going to use it for... It's way too high anyway. It's like 0.0005. It's way way less than that. Let's just say it was five. Let's just say yeah. 5% of this shit was wasteful. And 95% of the people that are using it are using it to support their family, to, you know, be able to go out and stimulate the economy in other ways and all of that shit. It's, it more than justifies itself, like, period. And, of course, obviously, the percentage is way less than 5%, but, like, it would this program would more than justify itself. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, like, we have politicians who feel comfortable going out and being like, crackheads are going to buy crack yeah. with 300 bucks per child a month. Not a week, <laughs> a month. 300 bucks per kid a month. Um, and these homies get to, you know, waste their money on shit like Theranos where this chick is doing Steve Jobs cosplay and she yeah. talked about saving humanity. Like, I mean, it's it's abs- like anybody could meet the, could look at this and be like, this is dumb. What are we talking about? Like even Apple, the most successful tech company in the history of tech, didn't save the world. They made nice phones and. You know, I'm talking to you from a dope Apple laptop, but they didn't save the world. The greatest tech company of all time just made a cool gadget. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's absurd. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, it's just there's so many things about it that that are just infuriating. For example, Adam Newman, the the founder of WeWork, I just saw uh, there's a big article in the Wall Street Journal that he's planning his next uh his next act and it has something to do with apartments you know um that'll be a fun article to read it's an it's saved in my tabs uh but also there was an article like a washington post article just like gushing over bill gates's generosity uh in the in the pandemic because him and melinda gates gave some like 20 billion dollars like something like whatever it was i don't even remember how much money it was five billion dollars whatever it was doesn't really matter um bill gates is richer today than at the beginning of the pandemic you know like how generous could 
is that really? You know, if you if you have an endless well and you're just giving out a few drops, uh, never really threatening your actual uh, kind of wealth in any meaningful way, then are you really generous? Like it's generous for me or you to give 50 bucks, you know, because that actually like reduces our net worth in a right. significant way. You know, like we have to make decisions over those 50 bucks. Uh, Bill Gates, like $5 billion, like does not even, it doesn't even compute. It doesn't even, it doesn't even begin to compute. Um, he is richer today. Like I, I, there's like, I remember when the whole giving pledge became a, a vogue uh, thing amongst billionaires where Bill Gates started it, Warren Buffett signed on. Um, and they like claimed that they were going to give away 50% of their wealth before they died or whatever. 50%. Wow. Sounds like a lot. Half their wealth. All those people are like Bill Gates is richer today than he than the day he signed the giving pledge. <laughs> right. <laughs> like so, so, so like, what do you like it's like, like half is rich. It, half of that um yeah. is has now grown exponentially. Like it's it's yeah. it's like monopoly money, damn there. Yeah. And again, um, you know, <laughs> this shit is right in front of people's faces. Like, you know, I don't think we're um I don't think we're at the point uh, where rich people are gonna get start be dragged through the streets. Uh, I, I don't know that we'll ever be at that point. But you know, again, like I don't know how aware people are that like Jamie Dimon is just like, yeah, I'm taking a meeting with Mitch McConnell. That's my boy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, what I don't understand is people who like love Elon Musk. You know, like there's regular oh, people no. who like are Elon Musk fans. You know, like and I'm like, what? What do you like? That's another what kind of valley scam, by the way. Yeah. But like, just so much about it is is just um, it, it's it's just absolutely kind of crazy. I mean, the just the amount of money that these people have and that is sloshing around the system that is not available to you and I. I mean, the, again, like we, I mentioned, the crypto thing um, that's like a whole fucking you know obvious kind of just speculative bubble because these people don't know what to do with it. But just so much of our economy has be, has become that. I mean, I think it's interesting. You know, the the the, the famous French economist Thomas Piketty. I mean, this might be a little too heady for this show, but uh, Thomas Piketty, the famous French economist who wrote a book called Capital in the Twenty First Century, which became like a big bestseller because he basically argued the point mathematically that under capitalism, it is inevitable that wealth concentrates at the top because the rate of growth of capital. Um, always exceeds the general rate of growth of the economy. So meaning like if you have money, it grows, right? Like if you have a bunch of money in the bank, you know, that money it's grows, there's interest. Yeah. And that that rate of growth, that number, whatever it is, is always higher than the than the overall rate of growth of the economy. So like when, when the economy grows, like you and I get more money in normal, under normal circumstances, but the rate of capital growth is, is always greater. So eventually, you know, that, crowds out the rest of it and it and it and it becomes um and it, and we get to the situation where we have today which is the same situation that we had at the end of the 1900s it was only interrupted by these cataclysmic world wars but were it not for the world wars that's just the reality under capitalism is there's like four rich people they have everything and everyone else is 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 me and you you know and um i found it interesting that this year um piketty actually for the first time came out and called himself a socialist which um you know wow. is only the only logical conclusion that one can have <laughs> when looking at the uh the way capitalism works like if you kind of understand how capitalism works you can you can succeed within it you know like you and I was are relative winners in the game of capitalism. Oh like we're, yeah, we're doing, I'm, I'm we're doing fine. 
I'm winning, yeah. baby. I got a, You're winning, baby. I got an empty yeah. ass one bedroom apartment. Yeah. Every now and again, I get to get laid. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, you gotta you you have a relatively comfortable job, you know, like you're not like fucking, you know, a day laborer in the fields of Guatemala, which is also, you know, those are the losers of capitalism, right? Um, and but the reality is that uh if you if you kind of understand how it works, you can still succeed within it, but um but uh you know, it doesn't mean that it's like the correct or moral or whatever best system in the universe um, that it, it has these kind of inherent flaws that like, no matter how much, you know, kind of you try to change it through capital, uh, through politics, you, um, you know, the, the reality is that over time uh, wealth concentrates at the top and then eventually those people at the top will corrupt the political system, any political system. Um, there's just too much money. And even if we pass campaign finance reform, like whatever policy, like individual policy, the reality of their wealth, just gives them power. I mean, because wealth equals power in always and forever. So, yeah, I mean, good for Elizabeth. Always, Hall, always with the great news here at Vogue Bros, man. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, of, of course, inevitably, Nando passes along an article where somebody says it's basically not woke to send elizabeth holmes to prison because of the prison industrial complex yeah i thought you believed I, in I, I thought you believed in ending mass incarceration did you want to throw have, elizabeth holmes in prison i have also, she's no, a woman you know no idea what that even fucking means this i'm pretty sure she's gonna end up in jail because she defrauded rich people um and when you do that you have to pay uh the elites don't abide by that you cheat out the elites they're gonna get your ass. Um, whether that be insurance companies, you ever do insurance fraud? Insurance companies like, no, 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 no. We gotta get their ass. You know what I mean? Like, you can't defraud the elites. Um, and she did that. So she'll probably do a little bit of time in the pokey. She'll probably come out like Martha Stewart. You know what I mean? Doing good, doing well for herself. So shouts to Elizabeth Holmes. You did it, you got away with it. Uh, you probably go to um, a country club prison and not federal fuck me in the ass prison, uh, as was once <laughs> said on Office Space. Yeah, office Space. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, that's that's, that's our show for today. Uh, thank you guys for joining us. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. Peace.